Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, Paul, here we are, man. Last episode of 2022. So I think this is what uh, episode 46? I think so. We're, I think we're so. coming up on a year. So Yeah, February, I believe. Valentine's Day yeah. is when we started. I think so. I think you're right. So, yeah. So I think it's uh, it, it's been a fun journey and we're going to continue. So don't think we're going anywhere, anybody. So what, Paul, let's just talk about, I mean, this is the time to talk about New Year's resolutions and all that that cool stuff. So what what about the last year? What's been your biggest insight or takeaway from the last year? Well, yeah, we talk about time a lot and, you know, I think I learned how to, how to better use the time that I have because it it is extremely limited as, as it is for everybody, you know, time is our, our most precious asset. So better, better use of my time to do what I really need to do and to focus on the people I really need to focus on. And I would say from the business perspective, I've learned to not, and I learned this very recently again, you know, it's kind of maybe a slow learner, but not to waste time on, on, on folks that just don't get it. Folks that don't get it are the people that that think they don't need to read Nelson, I would say. Yeah. And your time is even more limited. I I was going to say valuable, but nobody's time is more valuable than another's necessarily, but your time is more limited because you have a still a full-time job. So when are you going to retire? Let's say 2023. I'm just going to put it on the calendar for you. Come on. So, okay. So in, in March of 23, I will be one year out from dropping my retirement paperwork. Okay. So. And you have to do that. How much before your retirement date? Actually, no. When is I thought, I thought you would have hit your 20 years. By no, now. I'm sorry. March of 23, I'll be two years out from my, my projected retirement date. Okay. And I'll be basically summer of 24, July 8th, 2024. I will be done laboring for the army, even though I'll still be on their payroll for a few months, a few months after that. Okay. How about that? But I, right. I will say I've learned this, Dave. I've learned that I can succeed without a W-2 paycheck. How about that? Yep. Absolutely. Man, what a gift to like to to create that before you leave the security of the W2 right the the supposed security and the the that nest right I'm yes man I I met a new guy the other day a new new guy to our enterprise um and he man what he said just hit home cuz it's like yeah man I got to go all the way to 30 years you know he's at 2020 ish yeah. I guess or 23, whatever he was, because you're prior enlisted or something. So he's got another seven or eight years and good, good dude. Going to be a battalion commander probably, but he's, he's got to stay in because he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't have yeah. a side hustle or I don't have this and I don't have that. And I was just like, ugh. yeah, figure that out. You know, find something to do, man. When, what happens when most, I heard some quote when I was doing a lot of joint work with the army, like when a Sergeant major retires, he lives for like, like two years and then, <laughs> and then he drops dead. Because he's got yeah. no purpose. He's got nothing to do anymore. And then those guys just go 
know, go, go, go for 25 years or so. And then, yeah. Yeah. I think you have to create an identity other than like the military has been all we've known. Right. Yeah. Um, for, you know, my entire, our entire adult lives. And, uh, but it's not my full who I am. It's just, it is part of me and it's a big part. I always will be sure, but it's not, it's not 100%. It doesn't define you. That's right. Right. There's so much more to Paul behind mm. that uniform. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, how about you? Dude, for me, dude, a, a lot of good things happened to me in 2022. The best is of course I got married to my beautiful wife, Hannah. And, uh, that's the best thing I did for myself in 2022. But aside from that, probably one of the best things I did to focus on myself. I'm a big believer in coaches and I uh, had a business coach for a while. When I first started this business, I, I probably get back into that maybe in 23. Sure. But what I did this year for the first time ever was hire a fitness coach. So I've, I was always was in decent shape, but I just wasn't, I, I knew there was more I could get out of, of this old 43 year old frame. So I hired somebody We started focusing on, on, you know, all these different blood tests, hormone levels, uh, I mean, my, I dropped my workouts from like four or five days a week to just three days a week. And I look better, feel better. And, uh, you know, I get to eat, uh, started tracking calories and macros for the first time in my life with, a, which I think is absolutely essential. If you have a goal that you want to hit physically, because, uh, I used to try to hit goals before that. And I, I just a lot of wasted time and effort because I wasn't doing it properly, but that's been huge for me. My business has more than doubled this year. And I don't think that's in any small part to, let's just say, I believe the focus on my personal health, physical, emotional health has been a big player in making me more productive, uh, more efficient, uh, more energetic to go out and double the production of my business. I was talking to my brother today and, and I told him that, and he said, how much more did you work this year than last year? And I said, you know what? I, I, I did not work any more this year than I did last year. And I was twice as productive. Yeah. And you also, I can't remember exactly when, but you, you left your W2. Was that in 21? That late was a 21? year and a half ago. That was in 21. Yeah. 21. In August. Yeah, yeah. So that, that created a mind, a mindset shift for you as well, probably because now you, you had to succeed. Right. That did, but I didn't do that until I was already comfortable enough and had ramped up the business to the point where, okay, I, I don't have to worry about feeding my family. I'm going to be okay here, but it did. It's like, man, that, that W2, just being an airline pilot was kind of, uh, it was kind of like wearing a, a parachute on my back while I'm trying to run the 40 yard dash. And as soon as I popped that thing and dropped it, boy, you know, what it did for businesses is, yeah. is great. You know, in our little, our little mastermind call that we do once a month, you know, I'm hearing all these things about time management and this, you know, this CRM or this tracking system or this things. And those are so things I'd, I'd like to get into more, but I just, yeah. I've got as much bandwidth as I can handle. Yeah. And, uh, but it's good to, it is good to be busy. It makes the day go by fast. And I do look forward to this, you know, on Mondays, generally when we record, oh, yeah. right? and I look forward to client calls during the week that I have in the evenings or on the weekends. Yeah. So there's, there is that anticipation of being able to look forward to that as a full-time thing at some point in yeah. the next two years. It'll be nice when you can move all of that to business hours, like nine to three, you know, put it all oh, there and gosh. you know, keep your, which, 
which is so funny when you leave your W-2 and you go fully 100% self-employed, you think before that happens, you're like, I'm going to have all the time in the world. I'll be able to do everything I want to do. So I've got a checklist up there of completely unfulfilled items that I thought I would accomplish this year, but I didn't, right? Because Parkinson's law, man, the amount of work grows to fill the time you give it. And, and so you have to be even more careful about your time because you have more of it. So you can right. easily waste it. So no it's question. kind of a, it's interesting. It's a different, it's, it, it's a paradox, but, um, but it's true. I, I bet any entrepreneur who's experienced that would say the same thing that, you know, you get a lot more time then you have a lot more on your plate because you're going to create things. So I need to focus more next year on focusing on just on the 20% right? You got to find that assistant. I need to find that assistant. Absolutely. So that'll, that'll absolutely happen. So well, cool, man. And I don't believe in new year's resolutions. I think that's stupid. I think that's for, uh, for people who are wishful thinkers. Cause honestly, if a, if you had a new new year's resolution that you thought of in November, why didn't you start it in November? Why are you waiting for some arbitrary day to begin that resolution? Like that's a recipe for failure in my book. So I don't, I don't do new year's resolutions. Yeah. They don't work for me. Well, yeah, I'm a Catholic, so we do Lent. Yeah. Where I, I generally, you know, you're supposed to give something up, but I generally just try to do something better. Just be a instead. better version of Paul. Yeah, if that's possible. Yeah, I don't know if it is, man. You're really, you're really reaching. <laughs> no, one thing you can be able to look in the mirror. We can all improve. That's for sure. That is for sure. Be better friend, better father, better coworker, better husband, better son, better brother, whatever. Yeah. That's the point. Just be a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday or last year. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Well, all right, man. We just spent the first 10 minutes just kind of BSing, but uh, we don't usually do that more than a couple minutes. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. So. Some people like the BS, honestly. I've gotten great feedback on the BS. Yeah. And then some people are like, hey, Paul, just get to the point. And you that's know? the way I am. So when I listen to other podcasts, I'm like, I can't stand this one. I fast forward like five, <laughs> 10 minutes. And then they're like, oh, finally get to the point. So let's get to the yeah. point here. Um, speaking of points, Nelson on page 85 of his book has uh, a page titled points to consider. So there's seven yeah. points here. Let's just burn through them. Give them a couple minutes each. And it's kind of a good way to uh, end 2022 and take these points to consider into 2023. So if you want to, you know, I don't like, I don't believe in new year's resolutions, but I do believe in, um, Hey, maybe pick a focus area in 2023. And if that's your financial life, if that's building your, your wealth, then here's some points to consider. Yeah. Some food for thought. There you go. So I'll go number one, and then you just take the next one and we'll, we'll go back and forth. So number one, there are only two sources of income, people at work and money at work. That's so huge. And it's almost, it's almost like a foreign language now when I hear people talking about they have to work a certain amount of time in order to get a benefit or something like that. And I'm like, I can't imagine once you're kind of beyond that stage and you're thinking more in terms of putting my money to work, it seems very foreign now to think I'm only going to put myself to work to earn money. That's, that's a great way to remain poor and middle class the rest of your life. That's right. Well, they're programmed to think like that. And you and I have gone through a sort of a, a deprogramming over the past, I don't know, five years or whatever, where, you know, you study, you see what the wealthy do and you see what other people are doing. You're like, I'm, I could do that. Couldn't I? Right. And uh, yet, yes, you can in, in many cases. So yeah, if, I think Warren Buffett said this, if you're, if you're not making money while you sleep, you're going to work until you die. Yeah, totally. And 
you just said we're programmed to think like that. That is so true. So I live in Minnesota. Every year I get the the school uh, district's brochure that talks about the the goals and objectives and everything and the ridiculous. I won't go into that, but the overarching Minnesota Department of Education, you know what the overarching goal is? Oh yeah. You said it's not to create like leaders or whatever. No, it's, it's something creating the world's greatest workforce. That is right. That's what it was like. Right. If you know anything about Karl Marx, he would, he would be singing their praise. They should put his picture next to that slogan. They're, tr- they're training, programming kids to be little worker bees. That's what they're doing. Right. That's right. So go trade your time for money because that's all you'll ever be able to do. And that's how you're right. We're programmed to think like that. So it takes a lot to to unprogram yourself. I think Robert Kiyosaki, you know, we're we're programmed to be employees. Yeah, we are. And we're taught to be employees. And uh, I like his take on that where you're just, yeah, let somebody else worry about it. I'll just, you know, put the square peg into the, the square hole and, and we'll be good to go, you know. Yeah. And that might be a, a path to happiness for some people, honestly, because there's no little stress. But in fact, there's probably a lot more stress at the end of the day, living that life than than putting your money to work for you. So, you know, consider putting your more of your money to work for you, making money as opposed to spending more of your own hours making money this next year. Yep. And I'll I'll add that first stop for that money ought to be somewhere where you can capitalize properly i.e. dividend paying whole life insurance. Absolutely. There's a plug for the product. There you go. The only right. plug we'll, we'll make all episode, right? Yeah. Okay. And Dave doesn't have hair plugs either. That's real hair. That is real, genuine. Beautiful hair. Beautiful hair. Maybe you can grow <laughs> yours when you leave the army someday. Yeah. Tammy doesn't like it. She likes it like this. So. Yeah, that's funny. That's all good. All right. Uh, number two. This is page 85, Becoming Your Own Banker, by the way. Um, if you knew at passive income time that you would be getting back everything that you paid into a system tax-free, would you object to putting more money into it? All right. So he's talking about dividend paying all life insurance, isn't he, Dave? Right. He's talking about a system of policies that he references earlier in the book. It's not just necessarily one policy, although we, when we design a policy for you, that first policy is going to be designed properly so that you can pay adequate premium over a long period of time. You know, for you 30-year-olds, that's 35, 45, 55 years of paying premium potentially. Yep. Um, and it's quite simple. The more premium we pay in, the larger our banking system ultimately will be. So don't artificially or, you know, for the wrong reasons, restrict the amount of wealth that you create through this product. Well, you're just commission hunting. Oh, goodness. If we're if we're still harping on that, then we you, you need to go back and read and you'll never get past that. Yeah. Um, unless you're you know, like a communist or something, you don't want people to make money, but a properly structured policy is what you want. And that's what you will get. Absolutely. So if you want more on that, you know, passive income years and tax free passive income, go back to the, the most previous episode, I believe episode 45, uh, the very opening when we talk about that question from a, from, um, somebody. So cool. Uh, point number three, Let's see. This is kind of a long paragraph, but uh, when you get paid for your work, you put all of it into someone else's bank and then you write checks from that that account to buy things of life. So someone else's bank gets all of your money. If you own your own banking system, wouldn't you want to run all of your business through your own bank? If so, then life insurance premiums paid each year should ultimately equal your annual income. So key word there, 
ultimately, you're not going to accomplish that feat in the first year, the second year, the fifth year, because simply the insurance companies won't allow you or you'll, you, you may tap out your uh, insurable interest even. But what, what he's really getting down to is, hey, that money is going to leave your personal economy permanently if you don't capture it somewhere where the principal is going to be working for you forever. So the more of that That's you right. can capture, the more wealth you're going to have over your lifetime because you're never giving away the opportunity to earn interest on those dollars. That's right. And over time, Dave, right, the dividend that's being paid to the policy toward the PUA can become quite large. And may maybe 40 years from now, it is larger than your income. Yeah. Because you've been capitalizing the system. So if you have a juvenile policy, let's say you open up on your child and that child is 40 years, you know, 40 years old making whatever and their policy has been enforced that long. It may be that that premium or the money that's running through that policy in, in the form of PUA through the dividend and mm -hmm. the premium that you're still paying into the that it might be larger than their income. That's possible because those it is po those it is get possible ridiculously huge. They do after two generations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So number four. Oh, this is my favorite yeah. This one. is oh, here, here comes the rant. <laughs> All right. Number four. When government creates a problem parentheses, onerous taxation, and then turns around and grants you an exception to the problem they created, any tax-qualified plan, that's 401k, IRA, SEP, KEO, I don't care, all of them, right? All right. Aren't you just a little bit suspicious that you are being manipulated? Tax-qualified retirement plans were all created under the guise of giving you a break. First, there were pension plans for corporate employees, then there came the HR 10 plans for partners and so sole props, and finally IRAs for individuals. Now, everyone had an exception to the IRS code. If the government really wanted to give you a break, all they had to do is cut out the tax. Right. Do you really think they want to do that? Well, the truth is they could do that because they can just print the money that they need for whatever they want, right? right? I mean, where's all this money coming from that we send to all these foreign countries? It's not coming through taxation. There's no way. Um, or maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm, I'm fairly certain it's not. So... All he's saying is, when you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. When you look at the history of everything that I just talked about, the government-sponsored qualified retirement plan, it is a creation of government to address a problem created by the same government. Yep. It's kind of like this discussion that you hear about on the news all the time about inflation, and the Fed's going to fix inflation by raising interest rates they're going to fix a problem that they created? No, they're not. No, they're, they're not going to fix it. They want to be hailed as the hero. And the fact is, for some reason, we think the government, when we think of this mythical um, you know, entity called the government, we just think it's, it's a lot smarter than the individual is. The government is made up of a bunch of self-interested idiots that call themselves politicians, right? You think those politicians are smarter than you? They're not. They're simply not. The, the market is the smartest participant out there. The market is the smartest player. The government does everything it can to hinder the market and create issues and then try to fix them. So, I mean, we could go on and on. If you guys want to read a book in this next year about how awful 401ks are, which they are a weapon of mass destruction, according to, I believe, Barry Dyke, um, who wrote uh, The Pirates of Manhattan. Part one and part that book's two. on my shelf back there. Both of his books are actually all three of his books are on my shelf. Yeah. So read his books, The Pirates of Manhattan, and you will be appalled 
at what's really going on in those 401ks. Yep. Great, great point. Yeah. Good reads too. Yeah. All right. We better get off that one before we get too angry. So, <laughs> all right. Number five, wealth has got to reside somewhere. Where would you prefer to have it reside? This is great. Let's go back to your, your money has to reside somewhere. So uh, Nelson lists a few different places. How about real estate? Well, then take a look around and see what happens when one needs liquidity. Real estate is very much a frozen asset, right? Yep. It was like we say, nobody was happy during Hurricane Irma that, that they had paid their house off, right? Yeah, Katrina, Irma, name a natural disaster where your house is destroyed and you're like, Thank well, God I, I had, paid it off. I had a million dollars of equity. Well, yeah, not anymore. Right. What about the stock market? Then try reading from my recommended reading for those interested in the stock market on page 91 of this book. Until you've done so, are you qualified to make an intelligent decision about such action? Right. How many people actually understand the stock market and all the fees going to your broker and 401, any of that? FTX crypto. Oh, God. That turned out well. Yeah, real well. And they're trying to make that guy look uh, out like a saint. Right. They do interviews well, on TV. Of course they are. Like, he's a big donor. He's a good he's a guy. big donor yeah, to certain he wanted, people. He was big in ESG. He wanted to save the planet. Sure. <laughs> um, if you don't know what ESG is, you can Google it. Yeah. It's a gimmick. So, That's right. or how about this place to put your wealth? Uh, a free contract with other free persons, parentheses, life insurance. From this base of financial operation, you can do any of the other things in life that you desire. True. That's right. You have no restrictions. None. When your capital's there, it's working for you. You got no restrictions on how you as the banker can use that capital. That's right. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today, Dave. There's also no restriction on how much, after I read that passage, on how much I can contribute except my own human life value, right? So you're restricted to the Roth. I think they bumped it to 6,500 now. Your typical 401k, I think, is up to 21.5, maybe. Sure. They bump it by 500 bucks every year or something. Yeah. Um, well, they're restricting those things. Yep. One for the future tax and one for the current tax. You lower your taxable income with a traditional account and future tax, you're, you know, not going to pay, which is why they restrict the Roth so heavily. Yeah. Well, with this asset, I can put in 150 grand a year if I want, if I can afford that or a million dollars a year, if I can afford that. Yep. Or $2 million. What, what's that worth? I mean, worth a lot. I know a guy who's got $100 million of death benefit in whole, Woo. in whole life policies. Whole life. So how much premium is that guy paying? A, a lot. lot. He's, Right? And guess what? He's got zero financial problems. <laughs> no doubt. Except how to- got a lot of large pool of private capital though. I yeah. Bet. Right. All right. Uh, number six. Yep. This goes back to some of the earliest things in this book is you finance everything you buy. You either pay interest to someone else or you give up interest that you could have earned elsewhere. There are no exceptions. Right. So the, so we've talked about this another, I don't want to belabor the point here, but you know, the pay cash people, yep. You're financing that yourself. Yeah. Right. And you have to tie a cost to that capital because you've lost use of that money by buying whatever you did with cash. If you're a finance person and you're, you know, you're giving up interest you could have earned by paying someone else's bank. Right. So either way, right. you're dealing with borrowed money either way. Yep. You're losing out one way or another. You're financing everything. That's so right. that's one of my favorite principles that if you can understand that, it's going to change your life. And that's, really that's will. one of the important aspects of a dividend paying whole life insurance contract is that once that money's in there, once that dividend is declared, once that PUA is paid, once that base premium is paid, that value can never be taken away. It's always earning for you, whether you're right. using 
Well, you're leveraging the cash value or not, it is always earning for you. So think about that, uninterrupted. So you could still buy that car, you still finance that business venture, whatever, doesn't matter. And that's where you're going to outrun, you know, your neighbor, Bob, who's doing things the conventional the traditional way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of finance, the uh, seventh and final point to consider is your need for finance during your lifetime exceeds your need for life insurance protection. If you solve for your need for finance through life insurance cash values, you'll end up with so much life insurance that you can't get it past the underwriters. You'll have to insure every person in which you have an insurable interest. Like you went back to, once you max out your human life value, you're done funding policies on yourself, but you have other insurable interests. Mm -hmm. So, but think about that. That's a great question to pose to people. What's more important, your need for life insurance or your need for financing? I like to flip it over to the qualified plans. What's more important? your need for creating a, a retirement account or your need for financing your life today. Like it's always financing your life. That's the most important thing. Yeah. You right. know, as a percentage of their income, people contribute very little to their retirement plans. There's no way you can save enough for retirement by contributing your 3% match or whatever, nope. you know, or five or 10% of your income. Even there's no way you can save enough. You would have to, to be upwards of 20% starting right off the bat to even get close right? with some good market, you know, with some good luck with the market and make yeah. sure it's not down when you retire and all that. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So there you go. That's seven points to consider. We'll close out 2022 with that. Yep. And again, if you have not read the book, read the book, you know, over the uh, holiday break is a great time to just sit down and get three hours of silence somewhere and, and burn through the book. Yep. It's great. Just to just to recalibrate, uh, like when you mentioned today, when we were preparing for the show, like, hey, what are you talking about page 85? And I actually really wasn't, but you brought that up and I was like, oh, great point. I turned to page 85 when I was on the bus and I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. But I always, again, I always seem to either look at something in a different way or I catch something that I wore and I've read the book like seven times or eight times now. It's, it's really, really incredible. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So, hey, for uh, everybody who's listening, we thank you for for sticking with us through 2022. Um, it's been a lot of fun putting these podcasts on for everybody, and we're going to continue in 2023. There's no stopping, uh, no plans to stop on the horizon. So we'll uh, we'll keep bringing you hopefully what you want to hear or what you need to hear uh, in a format that makes it enjoyable to hear. So <laughs> super enjoyable, super enjoyable. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, we wish you all the best. Happy New Year. And look forward to you know big things in 2023. All right. Hey, all right, Paul. control your capital. Or somebody else will. All right. We'll see y'all. See ya. See you next year. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at the And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.